Good morning. Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. If you're a member, please look around, see who's here. I know we had an abrupt change last night when we had to decide that it was 9.30 and time to go to bed and it was only 8.30. So I'm glad to see all of you this morning. If you're visiting, we welcome you to our church. I ask that if you are, if you will take off the side of the bulletin and list your name and address and we will be glad to contact you and welcome you to our service and to our activities during the week. I would like to share with you just a quick scripture, Isaiah 49, 16. Lord, look, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Open your hand, take a close look, wiggle your fingers, drum your fingernails on the table, look at the markings of your fingertips. Even in your own hands, you can see the work of God who loves you and who made you perfectly unique. Let us worship. together this morning to celebrate Jesus Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. Instead, he emptied himself completely, not only taking on human form, but the form of a slave. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even a humiliating death by torture on a cross of wood. So God raised him up with great honor and gave him a name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven and on earth and even under the earth might bow down 
and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is our God, the God that we have come to worship today.
welcome the children to come forward for lesson on the steps. Quiet. Can you come up here so you can see? Hello, Georgia. All right, can everybody see? All right, Liza. All right, I want to read a verse to you. We talked about, as we were coming up here just a little while ago, we talked about all the bells and that they were playing music. They said, ding dong, that's exactly right. <laughs> and what did Miss Ellen tell you we were gonna do? We were gonna ring a bell, weren't we? So we need to be quiet until we get ready. Okay, thank you. All right, I'm gonna read you a scripture. First Timothy chapter six, verse 12. It says, fight the good fight along with all the believers. Take hold, you were chosen for it when you openly told others what you believe. Many witnesses heard you. Now, when we share what we feel in our heart, what do we do? Do we talk? We ring the bells, but what do we do before we ring the bells? Because Miss Ellen is not real sure this is gonna work, but we're gonna try it. Because I need for you to be real careful, okay? Now see, these are Miss Ellen's bells. Do you see my little bells? But when we have God in our heart, now I'm gonna give you a bell. I know this is what I'm scared of right now, but you're not scared, okay. Now, but you have to promise, whoop, whoop, whoop. You have to promise to do what? Thank you. All right, hold on tight. Don't ring it, don't ring it. Don't, no, 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 Eliza. I know, Miss Ellen is bit off more than she could chew this morning. But we're gonna prove this, we can do this. No, 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 no ringing, no ringing, no ringing. No ringing. I want yellow. Okay, all right, who didn't get, Liza? Come here, Luke. Nope, no ringing, no ringing. Hold on tight. Oh, whoop, whoop, no ringing. All right, red. Blue. You want blue. Okay, here's blue. Okay, all right, now. Here, Ella, matches your dress, matches your shirt. All right, now, put them down on your lap like this. Look at Miss Ellen. Turn them down on your lap like this. Turn them down on your lap. Okay, Juju, you're supposed to be helping me. <laughs> okay, when we've learned, we've been talking about how we love Jesus and how we share Jesus with other people. Now, Miss Ellen's gonna ring her bell. What happened? So if it's still not ringing, it's stuck. Well, maybe not, but if I don't have, okay, shh, no ringing. If I don't have Jesus in my heart, I don't know how to share and I don't know how to have joy. And when we ring our bells, that means we have God's love in our heart and Jesus takes care of us every day, every day. So if we have, whoop, if we have, all right, we're ready. 
if we have Jesus in our heart, what can we do? Yay, look at there, now stop. Put him down, that is awesome. Georgia, I'm sorry, you didn't have a bell, ring it. There you go, I'm sorry. All right, now stop. Okay, turn him upside down. There you go. Now, no more ringing, because everybody knows how much joy we have in our heart. So let's pray. Hold him still, there you go. Dear Lord, there is nothing more joyous than the love in our children's hearts. It is boundless. It grows. It goes forever and ever, just like their bells do. Lord, thank you for their energy and for their love that you have for them and they have for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, bells, bells, box. job. When you guys get a little bit older, you can be in the handbell choir. That'll be great. I'll ask you if you'll go ahead and turn in your hymnals to hymn number 705, the Gloria Patri, Glory Be to the Father. And at the conclusion of this time of dedication, we'll just go right from the prayer into that song. So that's why I want you to go ahead and have it, have it prepared, 705. Andrea Beth Blackwell, daughter of church members Beverly and Ron Blackwell, left us much too soon. She was 28 years old and had just begun her career as a nurse. Andrea had plans to be in a friend's wedding in the near future when tragedy struck. Her loss was not only felt by her family, but also her friends, patients, and community. Andrea loved life and loved music and love to sing. It is because of her love of music that her parents have given a generous gift to our church with which we were able to purchase 50 new choir stoles. The choir is wearing those stoles for the first time today. Each week that we place these stoles around our necks, we will think of Andrea and her love of singing, which will remind each of us always to sing with joy as we express through our singing, our love and gratitude for God's many gifts to all of us. Those who knew and loved Andrea will be forever grateful for having had her in their lives. As for the rest of us, we appreciate that we have learned more about Andrea's life and her continued presence in your hearts and now in ours. We, as members of the Bowling Springs Baptist Church Sanctuary Choir, will strive to honor her memory the best way we know how, striving consistently to communicate the good news of God's love, mercy, and grace through our singing. And now we ask you to listen to a recording of Andrea singing.
Now if you would turn in your order of service and we'll read responsively. We present these choir stoles to be consecrated to the glory of Almighty God and for service in this congregation in loving memory of Andrea Blackwell. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. To declare your steadfast love in the morning. To the music of the lute and the harp. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. Let us pray. Eternal God, whom the generations have worshiped through the gift of music, accept our praise to you as we wear these new choir stoles, which we consecrate in your name and to your glory. May the music of our church be a blessing to all who worship here. Let our music be so joined to your holy word that your glory may surround us and liberate us for the service to which you call us in the world. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. says each one of us must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let us pray. We thank you today for your blessings that you bestow upon us all. Father, I pray for our congregation today. Lord, may we all give with gladness and sincerity. Father, no one ever gives a present to someone with reluctance, and we should never give give you what already belongs to you with reluctance either. Bless these tithes and offerings this day. We love you, Father. Amen.
The month of March in our church is a time when we observe and give opportunity to support mission work, missionaries, and their activities uh, throughout North America. Today, we're going to emphasize the work that is done through the CBF through their World Mission Offering. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. You may be wondering, what does that folk song have to do with missions? What does it have to do with the CBF mission offering? Let me take you just for a moment or so through some of the activities and some of the missionaries who work within North America providing for uh, people. In California, Lita and Rick Sample work with international communities and refugee communities. In their area, more than 100 different languages are spoken. They work among groups uh, of the Muslim faith, the Sheikh faith, Buddhist and Hindu people. In New York, Leslie Ann Hicks Tommy is minister facilitator for the Rauschenbusch Metro Ministries in New York City. She works in a part of New York City that we commonly know as Hell's Kitchen. She works with veterans, domestic abuse, abuse victims, and students. In Texas, Butch and Nell Green work in Houston with immigrants and uh, refugees. Diane Berry in McAllen, Texas, she spends her life helping individuals among, along the U.S.-Mexican border. She addresses their needs of poverty and literacy. Closer home, we have uh, Stephanie Vance working in Alabama in a program called Together for Hope which ministers to some of the poorest people in our country trying to break the poverty cycle. Jay Livingston works with the Remnant Fellowship in Clayton, Georgia. The vision of this group is to TYA4C, to transform young adults for Christ. In Florida, we have Touching Miami with Love, led by Jason and Angela Pittman. They work with children, youth, and adults who have great educational, social, and safety needs. Crimes, drug, violence are common experiences. And even in our own state of North Carolina, CBF missionaries Anna and LeCount Anderson work in eastern North Carolina, ministering even to people who are still suffering with the aftermath of Hurricane Matthew. Alex Rodriguez works with a church in Raleigh, North Carolina, and he shares the gospel with the Hispanic community. Kim and Mark Wyatt live in the Research Triangle area, and they work with people helping them to find housing and settlement. There is a stanza to the Guthrie uh, folk song that we often don't hear. And I want to read it to you, and I want you to listen, because I think it has a very powerful message for our church. One bright sunny morning in the shadow of the steeple, by the relief office, I saw my people. As they stood hungry, I stood there wondering if God blessed America for me. We have an opportunity to give. 
for, to support the work of these missionaries, their mission activity, and to demonstrate to the world and to the United States that we love all people and that what we do are the, that we are the feet, the hands, the heart, the eyes of Christ. I urge you to examine your heart this month and to give. Thank you, Doug. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to go ahead and read from Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. These words will be on your screen, but I would also encourage you to keep your Bible open, and we will be looking back to these words in just a moment. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, a summary. uh, Ellen could have went here very easily with her children's sermon this morning and the temptation that the children had with the bells in their hand. But chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority for it has been given me, given over to me and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. May God add his blessing to the reading and preaching of his word this morning.
Amen. Thank you, Handbell Choir, Candy, for your leadership. I know for a fact that uh, there's no half-hearted Handbell Choir members. You are committed if you are a Handbell member, and uh, their commitment is evident every Monday and in many other ways as well. And thank you for leading us the way you did this morning in worship. Starting a new sermon series this morning, God on the Move. And let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever moved to a new city? Raise your hand. Even if you've moved back to Bowling Springs. All right, I see a few hands. How many have ever moved or lived in another state? All right. How about another country? We do have a few. Yeah, man, more than I thought. Okay. Well, one of the things that is, is uh, well, let me just say this. If you have ever, if you're, only if you're living in the house you were born in, all of you have moved at some point. Even if it was across town or across the street, you've moved. And when you move, uh, it's filled with opportunity and it's filled with a lot of stress. I was maybe thinking some of you would say that word, but it's filled with a lot of opportunity and a lot of stress. And when you learn, when you move, you learn a lot about yourselves. Uh, you learn maybe what uh, you have a lot of, what you need to get what you need to get rid of, but you also, when you move, learn about and are reminded of the people who are most important to you. And um, you learn a lot about uh, your experiences and the relationships that you've had and um, the community that you've lived in. And so we see a lot of this. And over the, over the next several weeks, we will be moving towards the cross. We talked about this last week. Um, Jesus was on the mountain with his disciples later in Luke, and we talked about this turning point. We had focused on Jesus in Galilee, and now we're moving with Jesus as he moves towards Jerusalem. And as we move with Jesus toward Jerusalem, we will also learn more about ourselves in this process as well. We move towards him, towards the cross, and towards the tomb. As we think about God on the move, uh, we are, uh, today's text is his first move, if you will, and that first move is into the desert. And just a few verses before this, we know of Jesus's baptism there in the Jordan. It says, now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was open. The Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came out of heaven, you are my beloved son in whom, or in you, I am well pleased. I can't speak for Jesus, but I imagine hearing that from his heavenly father gave him the uh, inspiration, the strength that was needed for the journey ahead for these next 40 days as he was entering in the wilderness. Chapter four, verse one says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit into the wilderness. This move of Jesus revealed that he was not here on earth for a tourist view of, of the earth. He was not a casual, he, he was not going to casually drive by our struggles and look out the tinted windows of his luxury SUV. But Jesus has come along with us in our journey. He identifies with us in our struggles. I've heard this said about this text from some time ago. But we can see our struggles as we identify, as we hear, and as we understand more about Jesus' struggles here in chapter 4. Beginning at verse 2. For 40 days, being tempted by the devil. Today's scripture mirrors the experience that we know in our Old Testament of God and the people of Israel wandering through the wilderness. When the, when the Israelites moved through the desert themselves for 40 years, 
It's in those 40 years that they grumbled for bread, um, that they struggled with idolatry. We see here in this passage as well in the New Testament. And it is here and in the Old Testament where we know they continually put God to the test. The Israelites didn't pass that test. Jesus did pass that test. Here today in today's text, Jesus and the devil are having a Bible study about the Bible. I think that's right. I think I can say that. Um, so in verse two, let's, let's read through this again. For 40 days being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing. And during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Let's just assume for the sake of argument, I think is kind of what the devil's saying here, that you are the son of God, that you are who you say you are. So we're kind of just assuming that, or the devil is. But Jesus answered him and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Each of Jesus's response to the devil comes from the book, the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, a book that dealt with the renewal, the renewal of the covenant that God had made with the people of Israel. At this time in Deuteronomy, they had fallen aside, they had pursued their own ways and dealt with the consequences of that. And so Jesus, in subtle ways, to us to, who know the story, is reminding us as well, and he's, he's, he's reminding the devil in the sense of, of this um, pathway of renewal that the people had fallen, but yet Jesus, as we said earlier, will pass the test. Henry Nouwen was a um, uh, author, um, priest. He was a theologian. He taught at Notre Dame, at Yale, and at Harvard. After 20 years, he left the classroom setting to go work with the mentally challenged in a community called Lacarc or Daybreak Community in Toronto, Canada. And in a book where he was asked to speak about leadership in the 21st century, and this was late in the 20th century, in the late 80s and early 90s, but he identified some things about the temptations that I'm gonna mention as I read through the text this morning. And here, when Jesus responded, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He says that Jesus denied or stood against the temptation to be relevant. We live in a world where the practical matters and uh, the real life uh, answers matter. And uh, had Jesus turned this stone into bread, he would have met a need. He would have been uh, relevant in the sense of um, what Henry Nouwen talks about uh, relating and giving people kind of what they want. Jesus was who he was despite anything that was going on within his culture around him. Uh, but Jesus gave in, or Jesus did not give in to the temptation to be relevant. And I wish we could spend more time on that. But in verse five, he led, he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory for it has been handed over to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. And Jesus answered him, again with words, again from Deuteronomy, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Here we see where Jesus did not give in to the temptation to be powerful. He did not give in to the temptation uh, that, that the devil was offering him to be powerful. In verse nine, he led him to Jerusalem and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. 
And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus once again answered from the book of Deuteronomy, Jesus said to him, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus refused the temptation to be spectacular. He refused the temptation to be a stuntman. He refused the temptation to walk on fire or on coals or to swallow fire or to put his hand in the lion's mouth. Verse 13, when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. C.S. Lewis, in his little book, The Screwtape Letters, talks about how the devil is an opportunist. The devil comes when Jesus was weak physically. The devil comes when you and I are weak, maybe in body or um, whatever way, but he comes to us in our moments of weakness. And he doesn't just come once and leave. But it's interesting here, at the end of this great passage of Scripture, this temptation account, the devil had finished every temptation, but he left him again for an opportune time. What I want to do today is just simply make several observations about this text. Many of you are very familiar with the text. Some of you today may be hearing it for the first time or for the first time in a long time. But I want to make just several observations that I gleaned as this week as I studied and looked at this passage. First of all, Jesus leaned on his Father and Scripture, and as a result, he acted immediately and decisively. Nothing can take the place of time and focus in God's Word. Scripture memory should be a, a regular practice for the believer. There are times when... Um, I've shared this before. I've memorized, I know for Dr. Cullinan, there was a list of 10 things a lot of times on a test, and I've memorized those 10 things for the test, but I'm afraid to say, Dr. Cullinan, I probably couldn't remember those 10 things again today if you would ask me about things that were on that test. But what I can remember are scripture verses that I committed to memory long ago, and if I can't remember the entire verse, somebody starts it and I'll be able to finish it typically. And there have been times in my life when I've been faced with temptation and other trials and struggles in life when those scripture verses have come back to my memory. There's something about memorizing scripture that we forget a lot of the things that we memorize and that we're asked to regurgitate back to the professor. But there's something about memorizing scripture that sticks with you. And we see that here with Jesus. Not only did he memorize scripture, but he also knew that the spirit of God and his heavenly father was with him. He had just come from the Jordan hearing the words of his father spoken with you. I am well pleased. Another observation is Luke 4 is not just good news about what Jesus did in resisting the devil in the wilderness. It's not just good news for Jesus, but it's good news for you and I as well. That same spirit and that same scripture is available to you and to I, to me, as we face the temptations that we face in this life. Another observation is the presence of the divine in Jesus did not result in some souped up human. And let me explain what I mean by that. Let me say that again. The presence of the divine in Jesus did not result in some souped up human being. Jesus' divinity did not take over his humanity here as he was in the wilderness. 
as he was in the desert. He did not become Clark Kent with some bulletproof vest here where, uh, that he had on in the desert where he was not affected by temptation and by the trials of the devil. Uh, he was hungry. He was weak. His humanity was not somehow absent amid his divinity. Jesus was truly human as he was in the desert, as he was in the wilderness facing these trials and temptations with the devil. And we must remember that. Another observation that I've made this week is temptations will never go away, but they will not always come in big, bold ways. Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14 says, the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. And some of you know what I mean by this, but I, I have an example. Years ago, I was very interested in and, and, and very much watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Many of you probably don't care anything about that, whereas some of you loved watching that. But in, in there, I'll try to, to do this justice very quickly, but in the movie, uh, Frodo is one of the main characters, and he has possession of the ring. He is supposed to take the ring to Mordor to destroy the ring, this all-powerful ring. But along the way, Gollum, this strange-looking creature, comes alongside of Frodo for the journey. And it's kind of like... Um, uh, C.S. Lewis in the screw tape letters, the devil again is an opportunist. And never along the way, anywhere, did Gollum say bold words to Frodo to try to steer him in one direction. But it was one, if you, if you remember the movie, it was a whisper. And he would often whisper to Frodo and, and share things with him. But what he did along the way was he turned Frodo against his very best friend, Sam. And finally, Sam sent, was sent hiking. And so Gollum is left with Frodo and he's like whispering things, subtle things to his ear the whole journey. And so uh, he's, he's slowly wearing Frodo down to try to gain possession of the ring. Bit by bit, innuendo by innuendo, whisper by whisper, he's wearing him down. And the point is the devil knows uh, as, as we can detect in Luke 4 and beyond, it's not the big moments of life that bring us down into sin. It's all the little compromises the devil makes us commit along the way that leads us to destruction. Last observation I made this week was each of us present today move through our own desert of temptations. My temptations may be different from your temptations, but nevertheless, we all have our desert of temptations. We know that in the midst of our desert of temptations, we can rely on the same strength that Jesus relied on. We can rely on the word of God and we can rely on that spirit that we know walked with Jesus and that same spirit that walks with us along our journey as well. One of the final thoughts that I have this morning about this incredible passage of scripture, and let me say it this way, if you haven't heard anything I've said yet today, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Never in my history and in many of yours has your family, your neighborhood, your community, your state, your nation, and your world needed you now today, Jesus follower, more than it does today. We live in a world that's so divisive. We live in a world that is filled with sin. We live in a world where this is not just a, some story on the page for me, and I hope not for you as well. Temptation is all around us, and it's we know very well in us as well. And how we respond to temptation will determine a lot for our witness and for our future and for the future of the kingdom.
The same spirit, the same scripture that was within Christ in the wilderness lives within you and within me. If there is some sin, if there is some temptation that you are not victorious over in your life today that is hindering you, that is hindering your walk with the Lord, I'm going to ask you this morning very boldly to deal with it. And the way that you deal with it is by first of all confessing it and being real and being honest with God. One of the next things you ought to do and that I've done before in my life is seek out an accountability partner where you say someone you trust, someone you know that has your back and has your confidence that you can go to and say, look, this has been a constant battle with me. This has been a constant struggle. And I, wanna, I want you to help me in this. I want you to ask me how I'm doing in this. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want us to talk either every week or every other week. And I want you to challenge me in this area. And I want you to be uh, my support. Um, I've struggled with this and, and I'm tired. And I say all that to say that in the world today, as we turn on the news and as we just go about our lives, as we deal with people who are incredibly rude in the world today, as we deal with the divisiveness and the dismissiveness that we see within our culture, if you don't believe like me and look like me and do things like I want you to do, I'm dismissed you. And I'm going to find people that just believe and act and think like I do. Um, that may be a temptation this morning that you're wrestling with. But the world has never needed Jesus' followers to stand and to be the people that he's called us to be more than he's needed us now and at this moment. Let's pray together. Father, I love you and I thank you for this day. I thank you um, for the service. As my mind goes back, I thank you for Andrea uh, Blackwell and I thank you for her testimony. Lord, I thank you for the song. The song was called How Beautiful, but it was sung, how, it was sung so beautifully that reflected your life and your death. I'm seeing myself at, at the Lord's Supper as I, hear, as I hear that song. Lord, I'm thankful for the handbells and I'm thankful for the choir and, and the musicians and for all of those gathered here today. And Lord, we all come today confessing, Lord, that we are tempted. And Lord, as we have given in to temptation, Father, we confess that to you today. My prayer, Lord, is that as we move forward as the people of God in 2019, as we're faced with all the things that we're faced with around us, Lord, help us to do honest work with you today. Moving forward, Lord, help us to know that we can depend upon and trust and look to your spirit and that we can depend upon and look to and trust your word to lead us and to guide us and to be the same Jesus had death. That same strength can also rely and be found within each of us as well. God, for those times when we have given in to temptation, we confess and we ask for your forgiveness this morning. Give us the strength that we need, Lord, to face the devil, to face the temptations that we will face as we leave this place today. Lord, I pray that as we leave this place today, we'll leave the shame that comes with our giving in to temptation and that, Father, we'll be drawn in by the mercy and the grace of God that is so abundant and so free. Lord, in a congregation this size, all, 
uh, walks of life are present in the room. And Lord, we just pray that you would minister to us and speak to us in ways that we need to be spoken to today. Whether it's coming to the altar or whether it's just in the pew there, Lord, in a prayer during our hymn of commitment. Father, speak to us. God, as we continue this sermon series and as we move towards Easter, Lord, I do pray that you would move in us and that you would move through us. Not only were you on the move, going from one place to the next in the gospel, but Lord, you're also moving through the human experience. You're moving through everyday life. And so, Father, move in us and move through us. Challenge us in new ways. Speak to us again in ways that we need to be spoken to. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and sing together hymn number 169, Lord, who throughout these 40 days, and the reason this hymn was selected is the message of the hymn and the message this morning. Let the words speak to you as you sing. If you need to respond in some way, the altar is open. If you desire church membership, come, and I would be glad to talk with you about that. Let's stand and sing together. I knew there is a study this afternoon on Peter at five o'clock in our fellowship hall. I believe there's a 50th anniversary planning team meeting at three. There's other activities happening during the week, open gym Tuesday, Bible study Wednesday. If you're not involved in a midweek Bible study, come and join us 11 o'clock on Wednesday mornings. And then also on the Wednesday evenings, there is a women's study going on, but I would encourage you to come and join me if you're not involved in that uh, in the uh, lighthouse room at 615 for a study as well. Be sure to speak to a couple people before you leave today. And I'm trying to remember if there's anything else we need to communicate. Uh, If you're interested in Guatemala missions, I had four or five people last week spoke with me about that. I was greatly encouraged by that. And if that's been on your mind, possibly come and talk with me. And I have some information that I'd love to give you this morning. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the day. We thank you that you're with us amid the struggles. Thank you for the strength that your presence gives us. Bless us now as we leave. In Jesus' name, amen.